chapter fifteen of nature and art this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox nature and art by elizabeth inch bald chapter fifteen if the dean had loved his wife but moderately seeing all her faults clearly as he did he must frequently have quarrelled with her if he had loved her with tenderness he must have treated her with a degree of violence in the hope of amending her failings but having neither personal nor mental affection towards her sufficiently interesting to give himself the trouble to contradict her will in anything he passed for one of the best husbands in the world lady clementina went out when she liked stayed at home when she liked dressed as she liked and talked as she liked without a word of disapprobation from her husband and all because he cared nothing about her her vanity attributed this indulgence to inordinate affection and observers in general thought her happier in her marriage than the beloved wife who bathes her pillow with tears by the side of an angry husband whose affection is so excessive that he unkindly upbraids her because she is less than perfection the dean's wife was not so dispassionately considered by some of his acquaintance as by himself for they would now and then hint at her foibles but this great liberty she also conceived to be the effect of most violent love or most violent admiration and such would have been her construction had they commended her follies had they totally slighted or had they beaten her amongst those acquaintances the aforesaid bishop by far the most frequent visitor did not come merely to lounge an idle hour but he had a more powerful motive the desire of fame and dread of being thought a man receiving large emolument for unimportant service the dean if he did not procure him the renown he wished still preserved him from the apprehended censure the elder william was to his negligent or ignorant superiors in the church such as an apt boy at school is to the rich dunces william performed the prelates tasks for them and they rewarded him not indeed with toys or money but with their countenance their company their praise and scarcely was there a sermon preached from the patrician part of the bench in which the dean did not fashion some periods blot out some uncouth phrases render some obscure sentiments intelligible and was the certain person when the work was printed to correct the press this honourable and right reverend bishop delighted in printing and publishing his works or rather the entire works of the dean which passed for his and so degradingly did william the shopkeeper's son think of his own homiest extraction that he was blinded even to the loss of honour by the lustre of this noble acquaintance for though in other respects he was a man of integrity yet when the gratification of his friend was in question he was a liar he not only disowned his giving him aid in any of his publications but he never published anything in his own name without declaring to the world that he had been obliged for several hints on this subject for many of the most judicious corrections and for those passages in page so and so naming the most eloquent parts of the work to his noble and learned friend the bishop the dean's wife being a fine lady while her husband and his friend pored over books or their own manuscripts at home she ran from house to house from public amusement to public amusement 
but much less for the pleasure of seeing than for that of being seen nor was it material to her enjoyment whether she were observed or welcomed where she went as she never entertained the smallest doubt of either but rested assured that her presence roused curiosity and dispensed gladness all around one morning she went forth to pay her visits all smiles such as she thought captivating she returned all tears such as she thought no less endearing three ladies accompanied her home entreating her to be patient under a misfortune to which even kings are liable namely defamation young henry struck with compassionate grief of which he knew not the cause begged to know what was the matter inhuman monsters to treat a woman thus cried his aunt in a fury casting the corner of her eye into a looking-glass to see how rage became her but comfort yourself said one of her companions few people will believe you merit the charge but few if only one believe it i shall call my reputation lost and i will shut myself up in some lonely hut and for ever renounce all that is dear to me what all your fine clothes said henry in amazement of what importance will my best dresses be when nobody would see them you would see them yourself dear aunt and i am sure nobody admires them more now you speak of that said she i do not think this gown i have on becoming i am sure i look the dean with the bishop to whom he had been reading a treatise just going to the press which was to be published in the name of the latter though written by the former now entered to inquire why they had been sent for in such haste oh dean oh my lord bishop she cried resuming that grief which the thoughts of her dress had for a time dispelled my reputation is destroyed a public print has accused me of playing deep at my own house and winning all the money the world would never reform said the bishop all our labour my friend is thrown away but is it possible cried the dean that any one has dared to say this of you here it is in print said she holding out a newspaper the dean read the paragraph and then exclaimed i can forgive a falsehood spoken the warmth of conversation may excuse it but to write and print an untruth is unpardonable and i will prosecute this publisher still the falsehood will go down to posterity said lady clementina and after ages will think i was a gambler comfort yourself dear madam said young henry wishing to console her perhaps after ages may not hear of you nor even the present age think much about you the bishop now exclaimed after having taken the paper from the dean and read the paragraph it is libel a rank libel and the author must be punished not only the author but the publisher said the dean not only the publisher but the printer continued the bishop and must my name be bandied about by lawyers in a common court of justice cried lady clementina how shocking to my delicacy my lord it is a pity we cannot try them by the ecclesiastical court said the dean with a sigh or by the india delinquent bill said the bishop with vexation so totally innocent as i am she vociferated with sobs every one knows i never touch a card at home and this libel charges me with playing at my own house and though whenever i do play i own i am apt to win yet it is merely for my amusement win or not win play or not play exclaimed both the churchmen this is libel no doubt no doubt a libel poor henry's confined knowledge of his native language tormented him so much with curiosity upon this occasion that he went softly up to his uncle and asked him in a whisper what is the meaning of the word libel a libel replied the dean in a raised voice is that which one person publishes to the injury of another 
and what can the injured person do asked henry if the accusation should chance to be true prosecute replied the dean but then what does he do if the accusation be false prosecute likewise answered the dean how uncle is it possible that the innocent behave just like the guilty there is no other way to act why then if i were the innocent i would do nothing at all sooner than i would act like the guilty i would not persecute i said prosecute cried the dean in anger leave the room you have no comprehension oh yes now i understand the difference of the two words but they sound so much alike i did not at first observe the distinction you said the innocent prosecute but the guilty persecute he bowed convinced as he thought and left the room after this modern star-chamber which was left sitting had agreed on its mode of vengeance and the writer of the libel was made acquainted with his danger he waited in all humility upon lady clementina and assured her with every appearance of sincerity that she was not the person alluded to by the paragraph in question but that the initials which she had conceived to mark out her name were in fact meant to point out lady catherine newland but sir cried lady clementina what could induce you to write such a paragraph upon lady catherine she never plays we know that madam or we dared not to have attacked her though we must circulate libels madam to gratify our numerous readers yet no people are more in fear of prosecutions than authors and editors therefore unless we are deceived in our information we always take care to libel the innocent we apprehend nothing from them their own characters support them but the guilty are very tenacious and what they cannot secure by fair means they will employ force to accomplish dear madam be assured i have too much regard for a wife and seven small children who are maintained by my industry alone to have written anything in the nature of a libel upon your ladyship End of chapter fifteen